fresh word with Reverend Today Amosu. Welcome to Fresh Word. We're going to look at what I call the moment of decision. Or where do you belong? Where do you belong? And the moment of decision. I want us to go into Jesus' life and ministry when he was here or not. This particular event and what he said and what happened will give us some uh, clues of your moment of decision and how to live your life today and where do you actually belong. Let's read John chapter 6, verse 53. Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread which came down from heaven. Not as your fathers ate the manna and are dead. He who eats this bread will live forever. Let's look at next verse. Verse 39. Sorry, verse 59. These things he said in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Therefore, many of his disciples, when they heard, they said, this is a hard saying, or a difficult saying. Who can understand it? When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples complained about this, he said to them, does this offend you? What then if you should see the Son of Man ascend where he was before. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profit nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you who do not believe. Mm. Did you hear that? Jesus said to these people, disciples, some of you, he said, therefore many of the disciples, when they heard this, this is a hard sin. And then verse 64, it says, but there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were, who did not believe, and who will betray him. And he said, Therefore I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been read to him by my father. From that time, many of the disciples went back and walked with him no more. They just said to the twelve, Do you also want to go away? Some of Peter answered and said to him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Also, we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, Son of the living God. Just answer them. They not choose you, the twelve, and one of you is a devil. He spoke of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for it was he who will betray him, being one of the twelve. Glory to God. Reason of his word. I call this moment of decision, or where do you belong? The disciples of Jesus were many, but on this day, Jesus uttered some statements and it brought a dividing line between those who really belong and those who don't belong. Today is amazing. You can see church world, church worldwide, people trooping in, 
go to our churches on Sundays, attend our services. And then they claim that they are all disciples of Jesus. And they are. But in this occasion, we saw Jesus with disciples. And the, the interaction between Jesus and his disciples got so deep that they began to kind of withdraw from him. And Jesus was not surprised at all. Because, like the word of God said, he knew who was believing and who was not believing. You see, that is really, really heavy. All of us today in the church, we gather together, we attend services, we go to programs, we go to conferences, we, and all of us just gather together, but we don't actually know exactly where each of us belongs. You know, these people were disciples. They walked with Jesus. They traveled with Jesus. They listened to his teaching. But the time came, they walked away from him. And Jesus said, he was not too surprised. Rather, he asked the twelve, do you want to go to? And Peter said, oh Lord, we are with you. You have the words of life. He said, there's still one of you that doesn't belong here. Amazing, that was Judas. Now, what did Jesus say that caused such a consternation or such confusion that kind of became a dividing line? Let's go through it again. This is what Jesus said. Listen to this, verse 53, John 6. Most assuredly I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I'll raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread which came down from heaven, not as your father, at the manna, and are dead. He who eat this bread will live forever. Now listen to this, verse 59. These things he said in the synagogue, I studied synagogue, therefore many of the disciples, when they heard this said, this is a hard saying, who can understand it? Yeah. You see, this is the cruise of Christianity. This is the foundation stone of Christianity. You know, being a disciple, joining the church, going around with people of God, attending services, praying, all those things, they are not the critical factor when it comes to our faith. Did you hear me? It's not about joining us to preach. It's not even, even preaching and doing all those things that the deciding factor. It's what we do with Jesus. It's not just what we do, but it's what we do with Jesus. You know, many of us are gathered together in church. We like the church. We like to hear the word of God. We like the pastor. We like the particular kind of music, worship style. We enjoy all those things and we carry on and really underneath, we have not settled with Christ. You know, he said, he that eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. You know, when you eat certain things, it becomes part of you. It is internalized. You live on it. See, people today are trooping into the church and attending all kinds of programs and all kinds of conferences. But are they living on Jesus? They can be living on the eye of singing, on the eye of gathering, 
on the eyes of you know just like somebody living on cocaine. And then you know some of us we come to church because we're going to meet people, we're going to interact, and we're going to you know get things from people. We're going to work together with them. We're going to have fellowship like a clubhouse. Nothing is wrong with social interaction and getting along with each other, celebrating our bad days, and coming together with one another and sharing time of need. That's important, but that is not what brings us together. The highest common factor is Jesus. The lowest common factor is Jesus. And except you eat his flesh and drink his blood, you have no life in you. What was he talking about? He's saying very simply, you have to accept my life and my death and my resurrection and make me your final bus stop. Then, you belong to me. He said, as the living father sent me, and I live because of the father, so he who feeds on me will live because of me. You see, when we come to Jesus, when we come to church, there's a particular practice we do in church, we call communion, or the Lord's table. What is it all about, remember? We share bread, and we share the wine. He said, and he said, this is my flesh. Eat it. This is my blood. Drink it. He said, this is my flesh that was laid down for you. And take this cup. That's the new covenant in my blood. Have you entered into a blood relationship with Jesus? Have you settled down with the Lord? Have you made him your meal, your essential diet? You know, you can read the Bible and never contact Jesus. Jesus told the Pharisees, he said, you set the scriptures thinking that in them you have everlasting life, but they all testify of me and you will not come to me for everlasting life. You can do your daily Bible reading, you can do your daily prayer and never really contact God and never really move with Jesus. My friend, what matters most here is what you do with Jesus. It's how you work with Jesus. I just, just don't mean, you know, you pray sinner's prayer one day, you get up and say, Lord, forgive me. No, you know, <laughs> that is not living off. That's just starting it. That is living. You know, if I'm living, when I'm eating, I eat. I just don't eat once and for all and forget eating again. I eat every day. I eat continuously. And it's because I ate last year, I stopped eating. So, are you fresh on Jesus? Are you walking? Are you feeling on Jesus? Are you living your life off Jesus? When you wake up in the morning, your direction, your drive, your passion, your motive, are they from Christ? See, when I eat food, the food gives me energy. It gives me growth. Just the same way, is Christ your energy? Is Christ reason for your growth? Are you abandoning him? You know, Paul said in chapter 2, Colossians verse 6, verse 7, he said, as you have therefore received Christ Jesus, so walk and continue to follow him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you are taught, overflowing there and abandoning there with thanksgiving. It is about Jesus, my friend. It's about feeling on Jesus, living off Jesus, acting on Jesus, listening to Jesus, and making him. When you come to church, you don't see the pastor. 
first. You don't see your fellow Christians first. You see Jesus. If you don't see Jesus, you are wasting your time. You are not really belonging. And then a time will come that you do have to stick out and get out. If you don't really feed on Jesus and make Jesus in your life, you don't have a future in the church. You don't have a future with God's people. See, these disciples, when they got to the point where Christ said, you're going to leave off me, be backed off. They like his interesting passages, and they love his healing, and they love his miracles. They like to eat the food when they multiply bread. But to start living off him was difficult for them. And he's not asking you to live in your own strength. He's saying that you should live off him. That's why Paul said, I have been crucified with Christ. So no longer I will live, but Christ. And the life which I live in the flesh, I live by dependence and reliance on the Son of God who loved me and gave up himself for me. You know, in chapter 5, Second Corinthians, Paul was talking about why Jesus died. And let's read that in chapter 5, 2 Corinthians. That will give us more light about uh, living on Jesus. Listen to this, verse 14. It says, For the love of Christ compels, drives, motivates, and energizes us. Because we judge this, that if one died for all, then all died. Oh, interesting. When Jesus died for us, then we died. We are out. Look at this verse. And verse 15. And he died for all that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them. Did you hear that? That's the essence of Christianity. He died for us. And why did he die for us? So that those who live now will no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them. Uh, arose again. So, really, Jesus died that you may live. And that you may live your life no longer for yourself, but for him. It determines the agenda of your life. And how your life will turn out. Your ambition now is from him. Your future is now from him. You know, I saw this years ago. It really blessed me. First of all, I challenged it. I didn't want to believe it. I didn't want to work with it. But finally, I surrendered to it. That I should no longer live for my own dream, my own pleasure, my own ambition, and my own reason. Like we usually say, Jesus is the reason for the, for the, for living. Is the reason for living. What will make you to love your wife? It must be Jesus, not because he's beautiful. What will make you to serve? It must be Jesus, not because you are just gifted. You know, many of us sometimes we want to see our country changed and we want to serve so that our country can get better. That's a lower reason. Go to higher reason. Because Jesus said, you are the light of the world and you are the salt of the earth. So even if the country never changes, you can keep on serving Jesus at your duty post and keep on being a witness. After all, that's what he said. He said, you will receive 
power when they are. Spirit of God comes upon you and will be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria, to the ends of the world. So you are now at best a witness. You are living to tell what you have seen and what you have had with Jesus. Your whole life should be a testimony of Jesus now. You know, this is really critical. That's why Paul said to the Corinthians who are very foolish and who are acting like children, he told them this. He said, when I came among you, 1 Corinthians 2, let's go down there. Chapter 2, 1 Corinthians. Listen to this, verse 1. And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech, of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's what I'm talking about. See, see, you eat my flesh, drink my blood, you have life in you. Jesus died. Before you could eat something, you have to die first. You know, she just died. So he said, he said, when I came among you, Paul said, when I came among you, I didn't come with, you know, beautiful rhetorical language. I didn't come with, you know, to, to, to just dazzle you, you know, razzmatazz you and show you how brilliant I am with my thinking and my philosophies and my mouth and all it, I'm not rhetorical. You know, many of us are living off all our brilliance, all our abilities, all our being able to cut through, you know, being on the edge, you know. That's not the way you live and stay permanent with Christ. The only way to live and stay permanent with Christ is to live on Christ and feed on him, feed on his flesh and blood, feed on his death and burial and resurrection. For instance, look at the area of healing. Jesus went to the cross, took our sins upon him. That's why we should live in hell. Not because we have strong immunity, not because we are in the place where we can live long, but because Jesus, you see, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. He said, my God shall supply all your need. Many of us stop there. He said, yes, according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. When you begin to live in light of Christ, God will supply your need, beaucoup, plenty, over and above. So, Jesus Christ must become your life. In fact, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So you must, you must live on Jesus. You must feed on Jesus. That's the essence of Christianity. Now, when we don't do that, we will run into trouble. And the trouble is that we will not last. You remember those disciples in chapter 6? Let's read them again. Look at verse 6. So from that time, many of the disciples went back and walked with him no more. You see, people are dropping off church now, dropping off Christianity, simply because They've never settled this call with Jesus. They've never decided where they're going to be. So, moment of decision. Where do you belong? You know, Jesus didn't go and beg them to come back. In fact, Bible said, for Jesus knew from the beginning who they were, who did not believe. You know, Jesus knows your heart. He knows where you belong. He knows whether you have sold out to him, you have given yourself to him, or you're just coming in because you could have some benefit from the church and you could just, you know, carry on, but, you know, just doing all the practices, but your heart is not really there. That's the issue here. We're going to live off Jesus. We're going to feed on Jesus. We're going to drink Jesus' blood. We're going to eat his flesh and we can have life. That's how to live it. Let's close on First John chapter 2 and then we are going to uh, round up. Moment of decision. Where do you belong? Mm, listen to this. I like this. Verse 21. I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, 
and are no lies of the truth. Now, verse 22, First John 2. Who is a liar? But he who denies that Jesus is the Christ is Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. You cannot have God without Jesus. You cannot have the Father without the Son. So you're a liar. So anybody who does not believe in Jesus and want to get along with God is a liar. Listen to verse 23. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either. He who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. Did you hear that? Mm. Have you decided to stick to him in everything? Now listen to verse 24. Therefore let that abide in you which you had from the beginning. If what you have had from the beginning abides in you, you also will abide and continue and never leave the Son. Are you going to be in the Father and in the Son? And this is the promise that he has promised us eternal life. Life without end. Life without limit. Experiencing him. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens him. Is your life, your salvation, your refuge, your fortress, your all in all. Praise God. Mm. This is wonderful. Uh, let's close with those ones who think, that's why I know somebody who was very on fire, but right now he's left Jesus. He's not. Let's read about that. In chapter 2, verse 18, 1 John. The two children is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come, by which we know it's the last hour. They went out from us, verse 19, but they were not of us. If they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest, that none of them were of us. <laughs> so Judas was not of Christ. Those many disciples living believe in Jesus. And some of you are thinking, wow, this is a very heavy message. That's where they thought that they too. This is very hard to see. So what does it require of you that you settle down in Jesus? That you make him your Lord and your master. That he formulate your perspective and determine your horizon. That you abide in him. See, when I put you inside the cup, all I see is the cup. Cup surrounds you. Let Christ surround you. See everything through Christ. Walk with him. Live off Christ. Don't just only come to church and live off just the messages, some positive messages to help you live your life better or just to interact with people so you can have place to do business and have where you can get children, you can get, you know, husband, wives, spouses, and you can get some life going on. I mean, I mean, I got to be a little bit godly. It's more than that. You're going to have to lay hold of Jesus, walk with him, and let him be your very life. That's what is real Christianity. Thank you for listening.